This is a Mortarbox Media Podcast. For more podcasts and to learn how we can help you create your own, visit mortarboxmedia.com. Welcome once again to an episode of Chill Filter, the podcast where we drink whiskey so you don't have to, but you probably should. On today's episode, we're going to be drinking Bernheim Wheat Whiskey. Looking forward to that, and uh, it's going to be really good. We're going to hear from Cole on some history, but before we get to all of that, let's get down to just a little bit of business. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you could do us a favor, hit the subscribe button if you haven't already. While you're there, leave us a rating and a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts app or wherever you can do such a thing. Ratings help people find the show. Reviews help us know what you like, maybe what you'd like to see different, and uh, you can affect change that way. If you want to support the show in a bigger way, go to patreon.com slash chillfiltered. That's the business. Here's the podcast. Cole, my dear friend, how the hell are you? Pretty good. Yeah. I uh it's a fourth of July ish week. Um well and uh my parents I are guess, coming into town. Oh, I yeah. guess as we record this, it is fourth of July week. Yeah, certainly not after it uh releases. We should uh we should definitely that. be clear with uh, our listeners and let them know that uh we uh you know, the the banter here in the beginning is going to be maybe a little strange unless you've had a lot of stuff happen in the last two days because we last recorded about two days ago. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, we recorded a little late last week. So, yeah, I almost didn't even notice. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, you said yeah, your, par- cool. your parents are coming into town. You're looking forward to that? Yeah. Yeah, it'll be good. We, um, you know, they live in Colorado now, and and they'll come on down to the Phoenix area. And so, yeah, I'm picking them up tomorrow night. Um and they're going to hang out for like, I want to say like five days, four or five days. Awesome. So it should be good. I enjoy when my parents come. It's not like a, one of those things you like dread. You're like, oh no, I have to take care of all these things. I, I like it when I'm with them. It's one of those things. I think I've told you this and I think I've maybe even mentioned it on the podcast, but I'm not one of those guys who like needs his family. Um, I love them. Yeah. Love each one of them, every single member, but I don't like... I don't know. Like, I, I really do. But it's funny. Like, Heather, she, my wife, like, she needs to, like, connect with her family every so often. Like, in person, usually. Right. And uh, for me, I'm like, yeah, that's good. And I and I really do love them all. And, uh, and but it's just funny. Yeah, like, it's cool. I, I get to see them. So, it's one of those times where uh, I don't mind when I do, you know? Yeah. But uh, otherwise, I am... Uh, yeah, going to enjoy the 4th. I'm actually going to a Diamondbacks game on the 5th, uh, and they're going to do fireworks during it. So I have a friend that hooked me up with some uh, tickets. So very it should cool. be very good. Yeah. It'll be a good week. What about you? How are you doing? I'm good. Not much has changed since we last spoke two days ago. <laughs> you feeling better? Uh, well, Oh, yeah. You know what? My legs are killing me. Um. Oh yeah, I had I had I've had really bad cramps in my legs. I've since I was a kid, I've always gotten bad cramps in my legs at night, and uh, uh-huh. for whatever reason, this week after Bizerfest and everything, it, it's just horrible. So oh weird, you weren't like camping out for Bizerfest, were you? No, no. Oh yeah, yeah. So I, I don't I ever camp there. That's, that's uh, it's too miserable for me to to camp out there. So 
Yeah, it really, it's, I just, when I camp these days, I, I think I need to be that guy that starts packing uh, quite the um, pad because it's, I can't sleep on hard ground anymore. Right. Not like I used to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, I've uh, I've so. been uh, I've been good this week. Ashley was sick today. She stayed home from work. Um but uh yeah, she actually had a lot of the same symptoms that I had when I was sick 2 weeks ago. So I was kind of concerned oh, about weird. that. But when I got home today from work, she actually said she felt a lot better and and didn't have any of those symptoms anymore. The problem is is that uh, the illness that I had, it kind of acted like that. Like you'd wake up in the morning and then by evening so you'd wake up in the morning feeling awful and then by evening you'd kind of be like oh wow like i actually feel pretty good so i don't know i will wait and see what it's like uh tomorrow morning uh i told her to go to the doctor today but she ignored me but you know it is what it is (laughs) yeah Um, for sure well i hope she feels better yeah i do too especially because my boss would love her to be at work (laughs) oh for sure one of those Um, yeah yeah, so I have uh, I have a couple of dear friends who are in town this week from San Diego. Uh, Ian, who you oh, nice. met, um, yeah, and and uh, his wife are in town from San Diego. So pretty excited to see them. Um, I actually may be going to see them right after we do this. We'll see if it works out. But um, yeah, they're oh, nice. they're in town, and uh, it's always fun to see them when they are in town. Uh, other than that, man, not a lot going on. Uh, I actually just last night started production on a new podcast that I'm working on and, and uh, nice. not quite sure what's going to become of it yet, uh, but I am in the very early stages. I re- recorded a test episode of it last night, so we'll see uh-huh. what that actually ends up being, but um, I don't know. It, it's uh, It'll be good. So uh, I'm excited for it. Yeah, Cole, what uh, what are we going to be drinking today on this episode of Chill Filtered? Today we are going to be drinking Bernheim Original Kentucky Straight Wheat Whiskey. It's from uh, the Heaven Hill Distillery. Awesome. Um, and yeah. I-, I can't remember, have we had a weeded whiskey here on the, on the podcast or a wheat whiskey? Yeah, we- we've had a weeded bourbon no right. that was one of our vaulted episodes but this is technically a wheat whiskey so that's right wheat is uh is one of those things where usually you'll mean bourbon um but wheat whiskey is is like pretty much bourbon but instead of corn it's wheat but i'll get into that in a little bit for sure i just wanted to see if i've had anything like this before i don't think i have um i doubt it it's right. pretty rare stuff to get like i don't know why it's not bigger yeah, I, I don't know either. Maybe it's, may, I mean, we'll find out when we taste it, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, all right. Anything else that you want to talk about real quick here or what? Nah, I uh, think it'll be some fun history because we've never even touched a Heaven Hill product yet either. So that'll be uh, cool. Yeah. So I'm good. Uh, yeah. This is going to be the shortest BS time I think we've ever had on the show, but that's okay because we'll I'm going to look- extend it. What? <laughs> We'll have to just make up something to talk about, like um, like the sky. It's no, I'm, blue I'm, today. I'm good with that. I don't want to have small talk. So <laughs> let's get to the whiskey. But before we do, as all of our listeners know, we're going to take just a quick break.
All right, back from break, and as you heard Cole say before we went to break, today we are going to be drinking the Bernheim Wheat Whiskey, and uh, I am looking forward to it, and I know Cole is as well. So, Cole, without further ado, why don't you take it away? Tell us a little bit about this product, and also, Cole, while you're at it, why don't you say hi to the Speakeasy Wisconsin guys, because we're live on their Facebook page right now. Oh, great. Hey, Speakeasy Wisconsin guys. Appreciate you guys. Yep, so take it away no, with they the don't history. speak back. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I wanted to talk first about Heaven Hill Distillery, and uh, of course the distillery that makes what we're drinking today. Uh, we talked in a previous episode about the, the big 13 whiskey distilleries in the U.S. Yeah. Um, those would be Buffalo Trace, Barton, uh, Jim Beam, Maker's Mark, Woodford Reserve, uh, there's one that's called Brown Foreman Shively, and they are known to make like uh, Old Forester. Um, Jack Daniels, Four Roses, George Dickel, MGP out of Indiana, um, Wild Turkey, and Willet. But n- last but not least would be Heaven Hill. So it's one of the big 13. Um, they make quite a bit of products, and they have quite a few brands. Um, but the distillery started up in Kentucky, uh, Bardstown specifically, um, a little bit shortly after Prohibition ended. And in 1935, uh, a guy named Joseph L. Beam and another guy named Ed Shapira, or Ed Shapira, um, and actually really Ed's four brothers as well, uh, founded the distillery. And to this day, it is, um, it's still run and owned by the Shapira family. Oh, cool. Um, the cool thing is that almost all of the master distillers of Heaven Hill were Beams. And we talked about like the legends uh, in the Beam family in our, our last episode with uh, the Knob Creek. Right. Um, but yeah, Beams are all over the place. Um, yeah, one of the more notable um, master distillers that Heaven Hill had was a guy named Parker Beam. They, uh, they even named Parker's Heritage Bottles after you know his name. Uh, but he sadly passed away in 2017. Um, but apparently now a guy named Connor O'Driscoll, who's apparently Irish is the new master distiller of, um, as of 2019 of uh, Heaven Hill, which is kind of cool. And I think it's cool that there's like an Irish guy because, you know, there's a lot of, um, and I don't think it's a terrible thing to have a lot of American pride in the American whiskeys, but I thought that was cool that they, they uh, took in Connor O'Driscoll um, and he's apparently got quite the uh, American whiskey background, even though he is Irish. Um, so I think it's a cool pick they got w- with that guy. Um, Heaven Hill's known for other brands like Elijah Craig, uh, Evan Williams, Henry McKenna, which actually got huge awards this year. Um, I think the, uh, I want to say it was the San Francisco International Spirits Competition gave it like best in show, basically. Um, another brand is Old Fitzgerald, uh, Pikesville, Rittenhouse Rye, and of course, Bernheim, which we're drinking today. Um, this whiskey that we are drinking today, uh, it's not a weeded bourbon, as I mentioned earlier. It's a straight wheat whiskey. And are there rules to being a straight wheat whiskey? And actually there are. Um, And I actually, this is the first time I've ever um, direct quoted a website that gave a great article in terms of uh, history. Yeah. But I want to quote the Whiskey Wash. Um, Their article title was Straight Whiskey, Legally Speaking. This was from May 2016. And uh, they said, to be designated as straight whiskeys... um, The whiskeys must conform to the aforementioned standards, which in this case would be 51% wheat. Um, It has to be distilled at less than 160 proof, stored at less than um, 125 
proof made from grain, and they must be stored in the appropriate type of oak containers, in this case, charred oak, new charred oak, for a period of two or more years. No other whiskeys may be designated straight. Straight whiskey also includes mixtures of straight whiskeys of the same type, but they must be produced in the same state. So those are like the legal, like that's, that, I'm quoting them, but they're also quoting um, the law, like like actual like laws put in place. Right. So you cannot call your whiskey straight in, in most of the cases of like bourbon and rye and all that if they were, um, what is it, aged less than two years, for example. So I thought that was kind of cool. This specific bottle, I I forgot about this, but it has an age statement on it, and it's a seven-year. Um, they use winter wheat as the primary grain. Um, and some of the other things, um, there are other wheat whiskeys out there. Like I came across one, a Reservoir Distillery in uh, Richmond has a wheat whiskey. Um, this one called Dry Fly, and I believe that's out of Washington State, and they're known to have wheat whiskeys. And then a big one that actually has a 12-year is a company called Masterson's. And I forget who makes Masterson's, um, but it's it's like pretty big deal in the wheat whiskey world to have a 12-year. Um, they're not super popular in terms of like all the whiskeys that are being made in America. And I'm honestly not sure why. I think it's actually a very reliable um, like genre of American whiskey is wheat. Um, but yeah, it's just funny. Like everyone wants bourbon or rye. Um, and you'll see some differences, even you, Adam, like when you try this is like, oh, this is a little bit different than both the other two. Um, but yeah. Uh, and then I guess the total wine uh, gives it a retail of around uh, 32 bucks per bottle. So it's actually pretty cheap. Yeah. And uh, I guess that's pretty much all the history I have for this one in particular. But um, yeah, it's a good one. Well, but I I'm- won't give too much away. I've been uh, I've been smelling it. Uh, I don't know if you want to pop Ooh, your bottle. If you I'm have popping a... it right now. Here, right. give me a give me a moment to get the uh, plunk. Yes. Ooh, Ooh, that was a really good. One. Very loud. <laughs> yeah, it was like super loud. Was is your bottle of this mostly empty? No, it's like uh, three quarters full. Oh wow, that sounded like a mostly empty pop. Yeah, I think there might have been pressure in it because I don't think I've opened it uh, since I had it in Virginia. Sure. No, no, I opened it for you to 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 curry these some of those samples. So I don't know. Maybe it's just uh, got that kind of plunk. Could be. I right, so uh, just on the nose here. Mm-hmm. Um, it actually it 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 noses a lot like a rye. Oh really? I was thinking a lot like a bourbon actually. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. No, I no. get a I get notes of like caramel and. Um, kind of uh, it's funny like i do get a weedy like uh cereal yeah uh, like like i eat often um frosted mini wheats and i'm getting a little bit of that for sure which is kind of cool yeah um yeah. i i'm still getting like a rye smell uh, along with kind yeah. of like a rubbing alcohol smell Mm. Yeah, we're getting a little bit different there. I'm not getting too much of either of those. Um, very pleasant to me. Um, very good smell. Like, it's not... It's uh, very smooth. Like, just on the nose alone, it's, like, very just, like, even-tempered. Um, and actually, one time I remember I was uh, talking to someone. I don't even remember who. But they were telling me some of the differences between, like, wheat whiskey and bourbon and and uh, even, like, um, you know, rye whiskey. 
is they said like it's a lot like cereal. Um, you know, you yeah. can eat your Wheaties and it's going to taste a lot different than if you eat your corn pops. For sure. Or, you know, I don't even know what would, I think there's a few barley ones out there like, uh, what's that, uh, sh- sugar smacks or honey smacks or something. I don't know if that's barley, but, um, you know, they're all so different and they're all used in whiskey. So you I know what I think, cool they're so different. what I think would be really, really interesting, and this would be mm-hmm. nearly impossible to do without like being scientists in a lab where we have children and we keep them until they're adults but it would be very Mm -hmm. interesting to study the types of cereals that whiskey drinkers ate as kids and what their preferred cereal was and then to find out their preferred whiskey style and see if there is any correlation there because you're you're so right cereals are made up from grains and uh you know spirits are they're grain spirits so i i bet you i bet you you'd see some interesting results there yeah, I mean, I was a huge fan of corn pops when I was a kid, and I do love me some bourbon. Yeah, for sure. I I don't know what cereal would have rye in it. I bet you none. <laughs> no, there's got to be some. I just don't. I can't think of any. But I'm sure rye is like a good cereal grain for like actual like cold cereal. Well, but you know what is? Have you sipped it yet? I haven't yeah. sipped it yet. But what is interesting is when I get a, a bag of Gardettos, I am mainly eating the rye chips. And so I find that interesting because I like rye over bourbon. So I don't know. There's mm-hmm. some, some correlation. It sounds like you just took a sip. You don't eat the corn chips? Wait, what's that? I said it sounded like you just took a sip. Yeah. Have you yet? So I want to no, talk I'm, about I'm, it for a little. I'm about um, to. You, you Talk about the color quick, though. Yeah. So... Um, I would say this is on the verge of amber yellow, like at least it's, you know, a little bit of orange, but yellow is like coming out in this color. I might be like crazy for saying that. I think that. you're crazy. Um, <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm holding it up There's to the camera like a, for the speakeasy Wisconsin guys and like it is, it looks dark to me. I don't see any yellow really. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'll look through the better light instead of looking with something sort of yellow behind the actual glass <laughs> that I'm holding. Uh, don't judge me. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's solid amber, but I would say it's darker than usual. Uh, even this bottle is one of those square bottles where you can see pretty clearly through it without any like uh, distortion of like the curvature and uh, it is dark for how, you know, straight you can see through it. So I yeah, so, really like this. I know. I thought you would. It's so smooth. It is Sweet. really good. Yeah. I am. And, yeah. I, I typically, you know, will have a PBR as I'm doing this, but I'm actually drinking uh, uh, Unshadowed from Ale Asylum, which is a wheat ale. It's a Hefeweizen. And, oh, uh, no way. It's pairing very nicely with this whiskey. <laughs> I could see that happening. Yeah. I get notes of cherry, uh, faint, faint, like uh, maraschino, very sweet. Um, like I said, that, that cereal wheat, um, almost like a frosted mini wheat. Um, but that cherry is very nice. It's not overpowering at all. So, but it's very sweet and super smooth, super smooth. Yeah. There is, there is a almost no bite to this. Like you don't even have to do the technique to not get bite. Uh, like it, like there's just no bite, but not in a bad way because a lot of times if a whiskey doesn't have bite, I, I kind of wish for that bite. Like I'm like, Hey, I want to know that I'm drinking alcohol. Like, so don't just, you know, sit there like a wet fish and do nothing. But this, this has, um, 
uh, it's not a, I wouldn't call it a bite, but there's enough of something there that you go, oh, wow, like I'm drinking something pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I don't think there's any one flavor that super stands out in a sharp kind of way, but there are there are a myriad of flavors that are all very mellow, and, and as you said, it's very smooth, but all those flavors are really mellow, and they're just kind of there for you to enjoy. But for me, yeah. there's not a single one that, like, punches you in the face and says, hey, this is cherries or hey, this is that. Uh, it's just kind of this yeah. pleasant um, mixture of flavors that, that, at least for me, it's kind of hard to pick anything out. Yeah, no, and it's pretty spread out for me too, but I think that word you use, mellow, is like perfect for this whiskey. Like there's few whiskeys that are that are more mellow than this, uh, but it's not a bad thing. Like I would see mellow sometimes being like lacking. Right. But this has got a lot going on. I just, yeah, in a lot of ways I can't, Say, what did you say the proof it's was? Just, uh, it's 90 proof, 45%. Yeah, I'm. it's almost, I. you know, I almost never like a 90 proof. Almost never. Mm-hmm. Um, I always want it to be a little bit hotter. I always want at least 100 proof. Um, but yeah. I, I think any more or any less for this whiskey would ruin it, to be honest with you. I think so, too. So I'm actually worried. I, um, I just put a drop of water in. I'm worried that it's really going to ruin it. Yeah. I actually just did, and I had even a sip with it. It's not better. I'll tell you that. Uh, it was noticeable, as opposed to some of the ones I feel like we have recently where drop didn't change much. This changed a lot. It gave it a little bit of a bitter finish um, with one or two drops and what I had. I can tell you that I think that the drop of water has made it smell better. I th- I think uh, the nose is much more delightful. I agree, actually. I think there's a a, a hint of um, maple syrup now. Hmm. I got a very strong vanilla on the nose with um, a can, drop of water. I can respect that. Yeah. Good. You said it before I did this episode. I think. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, yeah it's uh, oh, it it's got still way good. Bitter. It got way bitter. Dude. Yeah, yeah, but that finish just got really bitter, and that that what we say about like certain adding water or ice, where it's just like ah, a little metallic, a little bitter. Right, and and I actually almost said metallic on this one, but it's not. It's not metallic. You know what's interesting is the water uh, made the, the it much more. The bite is actually there now. It does bite now, and. I know I would normally say like that metallic, but I would almost say that it made it acidic. Yeah. No, I could see that. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't your average, like, yeah, battery like one. It was definitely, um, Ooh, no, that's, that's bad, man. Yeah. It's very good. Neat. I actually just put an ice cube in too, to see the difference. Yes. Um, uh, by the way, did you, I don't remember. Did I leave in the the voice effects on the last episode where I said the return of the cube? Oh, I don't think so. I don't remember. Or you know what? I haven't even fully listened to that episode yet. I because um, I when I, I was editing when I was editing the show together, I I put like some reverb and some echo on it, so it was like the return of the cube. But uh, <laughs> it was pretty cool. Uh, and then we should mention, I apparently did a piss poor job of editing last week's episode because uh. I left in some of the talking that we do before we actually start the show. And uh, yeah, the reason for that actually is because uh, 
when uh, when Cole sent me his recording, because again, listeners, we you know Cole lives in Arizona and I live in Wisconsin, so we we record our audio separately. Um, when he sent me his audio, something happened um, between my recording and his recording where like a, an entire section somehow got not recorded, and and I don't understand. Uh, you know, Cole, you know that we had one hiccup right away in the episode where we had to kind of yeah. reset, but this was. 25 minutes into the show and and so like i have no clue like it just out of the blue like both of our recordings were missing a section but they were each different sections it was very strange oh weird uh so i got so focused on getting that fixed that i forgot to go back to the beginning and edit it properly from the beginning from the beginning so when i got that part fixed i was like okay i'm done we're good yeah (laughs) so i think uh, you were like i gotta get into podcast mode or something like that right yeah yeah um so I'm smelling this with a cube in it, and I smell mm-hmm. no difference. Um, I agree, but I think you'll be you'll be surprised with the actual palate because the bitterness went away for me completely um, with I, uh, ice. What I mean to say is, I didn't mean to say I smell no difference. I meant to say I smell nothing. It's oh, almost really? it's almost like the ice just canceled everything out of the nose for me. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna sip it. I'm pouring a little extra here because uh, I feel like I didn't have a good enough chance to give it ice. So adding a little and mixing it up. We'll I see I, how it goes. What do you think? I don't like it. Mm. Um. Yeah, it's not as good. I, I like. I prefer it to ice or water, though. Yeah, I think you're right. I, actually, my second sip of it was way better. You know. Mm. Um. The tip of the tongue with this, if you get this just on the tip of your tongue and then also the back of your tongue, it's not so good. Yeah. But, but on the on the left and right sides the of the tongue, I forget what those okay. taste buds are supposed to be. It is yeah. It is like a symphony. I, I know that sounds so pretentious, oh, but yeah. like when I when I let it get onto the left side of my tongue specifically, I am still like buzzing with how good it is actually. Really? Yeah. No, this is uh, the cherries came out a ton more with the ice with the cube inside. Yeah, no, it's it's actually one of those ones where I mm, go ahead. I was just gonna say it's 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 really good. I uh, something about that ice has actually grown on me with this. So I agree, actually. And you're right. Um, something something did get brought out of it. I don't know that I would call it cherry, but there is a fruitiness that that is suddenly very present. Yeah, for sure. I this is one of those ones that I am so quick to say is this thirty two dollar bottle worth it? And I would say absolutely. Yeah, uh, this is one that I would probably want on my shelf all the time. If I ran out, I'd probably buy another. Um, I forgot how good this is. It reminds me, I mean, those, those out there who are like, what's the difference between like a wheat whiskey in terms of taste versus a wheated bourbon. And they're not that far apart. I really like both of them and they're very smooth and solid and like mellow. Um, but I would even compare this to like, uh, I hate to say it for those who like poo poo anything related or anything, um, like measured up to Weller brand. But like I would put this up near um, Weller Special Reserve. This is good for thirty-two bucks and easy to find too. Yeah, it's worth it. Yeah, I'm really enjoying it. Um, it actually almost with this ice in it. I gotta take another sip here, quick. 
with the ice in it, by what? it almost mm-hmm. um, it almost makes it feel carbonated. I, I maybe that doesn't make sense, but it almost feels like there's bubbles. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know something about it with that ice in there. I really enjoy. I, I it's not as good. The flavor's not as good as it was neat for me at least. Uh, but there is something yeah. about that ice in there that is doing something for me. So that's awesome. Hey, whatever gets um, it done. So, so what do you think in rating wise? Uh, I'm I'm trying to find a piece of paper to write something down here because I that's where what we're doing these days. Um, yeah. That's a good question. As I got far as mine. Rating goes. Um, now, last week, uh, what did we drink last week? The the twice barreled rye from Knob Creek, and I gave That's that right. a five two, mm-hmm. and you gave that a five seven. I think. I thought you gave it less than a five. Mm. I thought you gave it three status. Oh, I might have. I don't remember. I don't remember. Yeah, I thought we were pretty close though. I think we were both pretty low, but I don't know if we were close. I remember, I think I remember yours was less than five for sure. Well, okay. I mean, we can always go back, but I remember thinking, oh, we're in the same whole number. We're just a couple, we're a decimal, few decimals away, basically. Oh, okay. No bigs. No bigs. Um, So I I went ahead and I wrote down my rating for this uh, as a 6.5. I I think... um, I think it's interesting and I think it's different enough that, uh, you know, I, I wonder how many people are actually looking for a straight wheat whiskey. You know, um, I think a lot of people like the weeded bourbons and they seek those out. Um, but you don't hear too much about this, the straight wheat whiskey. And uh, this is a hundred percent wheat, right? Uh, no, no, it's at least 51% wheat, so oh, it's okay. a majority wheat. Okay. Similar I, thought, to I thought you said it was 100%, but no big. Um, no. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know that a lot of people see, seek this kind of thing out, And but I think it's interesting enough and it offers enough that it, it definitely breaks the uh, midway point in in my scale at least and uh i think yeah. i would i think i would agree with you that this bottle is worth the 32 dollars, and and i would definitely say you should go buy it yeah what about yeah, I'm you with you i give it actually and it's good that we write these down because i was like really thinking about it and i i like this i like it a lot and the price sort of impacts my my um score but i gave yeah. it a 855 really yeah, I'm. I'm yeah, I really like this. I'm a little surprised. I mean, I I, I do think it's good. I'm just. A, I mean, that's a pretty high score. Um, you know, I would I would be interested to compare this score to scores from other whiskeys that are considered way better by you know, just yeah, a price standpoint. I guess. Yeah, me too. No, I mean it's just uh, it's easy to find. It's cheap and it's just like really smooth. And right. and smooth in terms of flavor, not just in terms of like I could drink this. Like it's like no, this is a lot that comes together with this one, and it really does remind me of a Weller product, which I like all Weller products. Yeah, um, not a crazy good Weller product. Like I'd prefer easily Weller Twelve to this, but honestly, in terms of the Weller Special Reserve and like Weller Antique, this is up there with them, in my opinion. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I I, I like I said, I thought it was really good. Um, and I know you did as well. Uh, people should. De- what about your other scale? Are you going to give it that rating? I give it a love it. A love it. Nice. Mm-hmm. 
Is that is that the top? No, Love It is uh, topped by Exceptional and Best 10 I've Ever Had. Ah, yes. All right. Well, anything else to say about the Bernheim Wheat Whiskey? No, I think uh, you were even mentioning like... Um, you know, I don't think people are seeking out wheat whiskey, but I think that's just because there's so few and a lot of people don't even know what wheat whiskey is. So if you're out there listening and you've never had a wheat whiskey, you really should try it out. I really highly sure. recommend just at least finding out what a wheat whiskey tastes like. I'll be really interested to to see what this does to the Thirsty Thursday bottle that I'm putting together from all the samples. Um, listeners, if you don't know, that. yeah, if you don't know listeners on uh, on our Patreon site, I do a show called uh, Thirsty Thursdays with Adam. For as little as $1 a month, you can get access to all of the uh, Patreon-only content. Uh, it's patreon.com slash chillfiltered. Uh, on that show, I just kind of get sit down in the studio and talk with you guys, and I'm putting together a uh, an infinity bottle with all of the samples that uh, either Cole has sent to me or that listeners have sent so when we record the podcast, I dr- drink only an ounce because we've got these little two-ounce sample bottles. I drink only an ounce pour for the entire show, and then I save an ounce and put it into the Infinity bottle. And uh, so far, oh, I almost crashed things over. So far in that Infinity bottle, I think we have 10 ounces of stuff, and I would I would look up what we have but I think that uh, I would have to hang up the phone on Cole. Actually, you know what? I can I can pull it up right here. I'm, forgive me for a second, nice. Cole. Um, no, you're so good. Right now, we have uh, in this Infinity bottle that I'm putting together, we've got Four Roses Single Barrel Strength uh, OESQ, uh, David Nicholson Reserve, Willett Family Estate Four Year Rye, the Buffalo Trace Eleven Year Barrel Pick that we had, the Lot Forty Cast Strength. Town Branch Single Barrel Bourbon, Blanton's Straight from the Barrel, thanks, Caleb. The Thomas H. Handy 2018, the Red Breast 12-Year Cast Strength, Michter's 2019 Barrel Strength Rye, which actually was not um, on the podcast. That's actually a review that I did just by myself. Uh, big thanks to Dustin Brown from the Speakeasy Wisconsin page who gave me a sample of that. Um, so if you want to hear my thoughts on that whiskey, you can actually uh, go to patreon.com slash chillfiltered. And again, for as little as $1 a month, you get the content that we do there. Uh, the most recent episode of Thirsty Thursdays with Adam features that Michter's 2019 rye or 2018, whatever, whatever one it was I said. Really good, though. Yeah. Um, and then also, listeners, you should know that on YouTube, every Thursday morning, we uh, we release, not every Thursday morning, because sometimes we forget, um, but we try every Thursday to release yeah. Cole. What's it called? It's Cocktails with Cole with Chill Filtered. And what do you do? So basically, I just do, I make cocktails and kind of give instructions on how I've done it and how I've, especially with my uh, bartending experience, pretty simple stuff. We did a, the most recent one, we did a, the Sazerac cocktail, uh, which is a very traditional one. And uh, I just tell you how I do it and uh, and want to share it with you guys who are watching, so... Uh, and Cole, did you know that there's actually an old, old record called Cocktails with Cole? No. What What? What do you mean? Uh, there is an old, like, music record called Cocktails with Cole. Really? That is yeah, so intriguing. I, I had uh, no idea. I want to try and find it because I, I, I was trying to figure out if it's, like, Nat King Cole or what. 
Or like Cole Porter or something. It yes, it is Cole Porter. Yeah, that's cool. So and actually, you know, I don't know I don't know if this is just a YouTube playlist, but it's what comes up when you uh when you search cocktails with Cole on YouTube. It's I'm not I'm not the very first item on the uh YouTube chart or search. You're not. It's the it's that album and then the rest of everything is is you underneath him. So good. Good. Uh, so that's what we're doing outside of the podcast. We'd love for you to join in on that kind of stuff. We'd, we'd love to hear from you guys on uh, especially Instagram. Instagram is where we are most active as far as social media goes. But you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Just search for Chill Filtered. Um, and then uh, on Instagram, our our screen name or whatever, our username is Chill Filtered Podcast. Uh, we'd love for you to reach out on there and, and talk with us and interact. We'd love you guys. Um Cole, I uh, I know that we're recording early, but do you have a little bit of time left? Yeah, heck yeah. Oh, awesome, because it's time for Whiskey World News. Ah, yes, Whiskey World News, everybody's favorite part of Chill Filtered. Again, I don't know why we say that. It's just something we've said from the very beginning. <laughs> uh, but uh, Whiskey World News is where we take a an article that we find online. We give you the website we got it from, the title of the article, and the writer of the article. We never want to take credit for the, the uh, things we're doing or reading, but uh, we'll read it and then kind of discuss our thoughts based upon it. So today's article comes from thewhiskeywash.com, probably our most uh, used website. But this time, it's not our man Nito Marchetti. It is by Chuck Cowdery and uh, Cole. Oh, Who's I love Chuck? Chuck. Yeah, who is he? Chuck is one of the like foremost whiskey writers out there. He is one of the guys that does the deepest research. He knows a lot of people in the industry. But I, yeah. I trust Chuck Cowdery's stuff more than anyone else writing out there. For sure. So this article is kind of in line a little bit with what we did today. The title is, When Buffalo Trace First Made Weeded Bourbon. And again, you can get this on thewhiskeywash.com from Chuck Cowdery. And then uh, there's an editor's note here. It says, this article is republished with the permission of its author from his blog. And his blog is chuckcowdery.blogspot.com if you want to go there. So here we go. When Sazerac released the current Weller packaging about three years ago, it introduced a new claim for the brand, the original weeded bourbon. We debunked that claim then and won't repeat it here, but that raised another question. When did the Buffalo Trace Distillery where, wait, when did the Buffalo Trace Distillery where, oh, um, yeah, there we go. When did the Buffalo Trace Distillery where Weller is now made start to distill weeded bourbon? The answer comes from Sazerac President Mark Brown himself in a letter written to me in 2003 in response to a question about a 12-year-old charter expression they had just released. When we acquired Weller and Charter, we purchased enough stock to cover our selling needs until our own distillations come of age. So, the Charter whiskey being used all came from the Bernheim inventory. Oh, hello, Bernheim. Huh. However, however, there is an interesting twist to the story. We actually distilled some Weller and Charter for UD, I don't know what UD is, in the late 80s, early 90s, 
and have been aging them at Trace since then. In the case of Charter 12, it is actually the whiskey we distilled and aged. In addition, given the Shenley owned, given that Shenley owned both Buffalo Trace Distillery and Bernheim at the same time, there was slash is a lot of shared knowledge and expertise between the two distilleries, hence our ability to distill charter competently. In the case of Weller, we had quite a bit of practice when distilling for UD. What is UD? I'm sure it's some uh, U- something distillery. Yeah. I, but anyway. It sounds familiar. I don't remember. Shenley, which became a part of the Diageo roll-up in 1987, owned both Buffalo Trace and Bernheim until 1983, when it sold sold Buffalo Trace to Ferky Falk and Robert Baranaskis. Although they also bought the Ancient Age brand, their main business was contract distilling. As those were some of the darkest days for the industry, many distilleries oh um yeah okay many distilleries had closed or were operating on very reduced schedules. United Distillers, that would be UD, Uh, by the way, mm -hmm. which is the predecessor to Diageo, owned both Stitzel Weller, where Weller was made, and Bernheim, where Charter was made. But both distilleries were dark for long stretches during that period. When, When they were, and United Distillers' projections showed they needed some new make, they would contract it out to Buffalo Trace. In 1992, Sazerac bought Buffalo Trace. That same year, United Distillers opened New Bernheim, closed Stitzelweller and Medley, and stopped needing Buffalo Trace's contract distilling services. Buffalo Trace, like everybody else, also had plenty of room in its warehouses when it was contract distilling for United Distillers. It didn't make sense to ship the barrels of new make over to Louisville. Did I say it right that time? Louisville, whatever, to be stored there, so they stayed in Frankfurt. United Distiller, I'm sorry, United Distillers slash Diageo owned the whiskey and would claim some of it from time to time, but some of it was still there and was included in the stock Sazerac bought when it bought the brands in 1999. After Prohibition, only one distillery made a point of making weeded bourbon, and that was Stitzel Weller. The recipe they used oh. probably came from the Stitzel family, but no one knows for sure. Wheat had always been an occasional ingredient in bourbon in the pre-Prohibition era, but no one made a point of touting a weeded recipe or a rye bourbon recipe either, for that matter. Nobody talked about weeded bourbon until Pappy Van Winkle did post-Prohibition. So there we go, oh. Cole. A little bit about some, some wheat and some whiskey. I thought it was appropriate to read that because... Wheat, but then it also talked about Bernheim. Yeah, no, that's super cool, and and I love the detail that Chuck Cottery kind of goes into of like here's where it changed hands and all these things because it shows right. just how dynamic in a lot of ways the whiskey industry was, especially in the um, 1900s. Like there were just, yeah. I mean, you dealt with prohibition and you dealt with like the 80s, which were actually Chuck Cottery wrote a really good article called "It Was the Best of Times, It Was the Worst of Times," and he dealt a lot with, um, I think, even especially Buffalo Trace and how it was a really bad time for selling whiskey, and and a lot of um, distilleries kind of went like like had to sell brands and stuff like that, and yeah, uh, yeah. so I love I love how he puts that all together. I wonder, um, I'm sure there were a lot of factors in the the dark times, the 80s as far as whiskey goes. But I'm mm-hmm. also curious about how much the cocaine era of drug use, which is really the 80s, is, is when it was just 
like horribly, horribly rampant. I wonder yeah. how much that actually influenced the the decline of the whiskey world, basically. I would be very interested to know, like, where, you know, what factors, uh, you know, as a, as a human race, like, affect our whiskey drinking altogether. Right, for sure. Um, all right, Cole, uh, do you know what we're drinking next week? Yeah, next week we're going to be drinking Jefferson's um, Reserve Gross Cath... Gross... Wow. Groth Cask Finish, which is a, a type of wine. Uh, now, finished. when I when I first read that, uh, I thought it said goth, and I thought I was going to have to wear all black next week as we record and paint my fingernails was, black and, and skulls everywhere. Yeah, I was prepping my eyeliner, but it's a good <laughs> thing we don't have to do that. <laughs> right. Uh, good. Thank God for that R in between the G and the O. Exactly. Uh, and is that something that people could easily find if they want to drink it with us, or is it something that's not really available anymore? I want to say I've seen it on a few shelves. Um, it uh, Jefferson's is definitely an, an easy one to find. Uh, the Grothcast finish, um, a little less easy to find altogether, but I think I've seen it um, definitely on shelves. Right. All right, Cole. Well, I'm looking forward to that next week. Uh, and again, listeners, today we had the Bernheim Wheat Whiskey from where, Cole? Heaven Hill? Is it Heaven's uh, Hill? From Heaven Hill Distillery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, perfect. Uh, you'll have to include that t- in your email to me because I'm never going to remember that. But uh, Nice. No worries. Hey, man. Uh, I love you. I love doing the podcast with you. I hope that uh, your week goes well. And um, say hi to mom and dad for me. Tell them, tell, tell them that I love them even though they've never met me and, and all that jazz. Will do. But, uh, <laughs> Will do. I hope you, I hope you hope have you a great have- week yourself. I appreciate that. Have fun with your parents, man. And listeners, as always, I hope that our love of spirits lifted yours. Mm -hmm.